Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Hallelujah. We know that we've been um, into the grace series, and this year we're talking about discovering grace, right? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Discover grace, and I love that. And this is Discovering Grace, part seven, if you can believe that. And James 4, 6 is, and he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud. That's kind of our theme scripture for this year, but gives grace to the humble. So God is making it very clear that I oppose the proud, anything prideful in our hearts, but he gives grace to those who are humble. So humility, we know, is a part of grace. Humility is a part of grace, and grace is that empowering presence that enables me to be who I'm created to be and do what I'm called to do. So each one of us in our lives, you and me, the person sitting next to you, we need the grace of God. You can look around at our world events. That's why I'm so glad that my dad's doing that end times prophecy is so, so good. And he studied it for at least 50 years, Dad. About 50 years just studying Revelation and Daniel. And so when these things happen, it's great because I'm just like, Dad, you know. <laughs> and he's just a wealth of just, of just putting that into his spirit for so many years. So he's just like, oh, yeah, it fits into Bible prophecies. The army's from the east. It's, 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 all in, it's all in the word. And it is. And so that means that when you know that God is in control and he's got grace over your life, man, you there's something so supernatural about that type of knowledge of knowing the word and that faith that rises within you, isn't it? And you're just like, you know what? God's got this. God's got this. I don't have to worry. I've got grace. If you were born at this time, and guess what? You were. (laughs) Then you've got grace to walk this out. No matter what's going on around our world, no matter what's going on in this nation, no matter what, I'm a child of God. And I draw the line in the sand and I say, I'm following after the Lord. He has got me and he's got you. But it's important that you understand the word. That's why knowing the word is so important. So my scripture today, I've got a story from the Old Testament, but I'm going to start in the New Testament. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 10. So you can open up your smartphones or if you've got the paper Bible, it's 1 Peter 5, 5 through 10. And it starts out, likewise, you younger people submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submitted to one another and be clothed with humility. So what kind of clothes do we need to have on? Humility. That's right. Humility for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Due time. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, the birthing. Birthing something in your spirit and how it's so important to know the due time. When it talks about due time, it's, it's also in Galatians where it says, uh, don't be weary and well doing for at just the right time, right? Just at due time. And that's different than chronos time. And chronos time is chronological time. It's just time. Every day I get up in the morning and I know the time. You look at the 
the time. Right now it's 12.17, and we're all aware of the time because our stomachs are beginning to tell us what time it is as well. So, <laughs> And so that's the chronos time, the chronological time. We're all in it. We're all getting older every day, every minute of every day. It's a 24-hour cycle. But then there's something different, and it's called Kairos time, and it's a certain time, and it's God's time, and when God says there's a certain time, that that means that he is saying he's in control of time. He exists outside of time. He understands chronological time, but he is the God of Kairos time, which means it's a due time. It's a certain time, and I'm telling you right now that right now you are living in a certain time. You are living in a Kairos moment. And if you don't recognize the moment, then you're just going to walk along in Kronos time. You're going to walk along in your chronological time, and you'll never understand that you're living in a Kairos moment that God has for you and this nation and our world. We are under the timing of God. We are living under the Kairos moment. And I think one of the saddest things would be for me in my life if I don't recognize that certain time that God has for me. There's a Kairos moment. And you can walk in that moment or you can miss your moment. You can miss that Kairos time, which means, like in Jeremiah, it says, when you understand the seasons and times, but if you don't, then you stumble all over yourself. That's what it says, without a vision, the people perish. And what that means is they stumble all over themselves. That we don't understand that Kairos time. You're living under Kairos time. Tell somebody, just say, it's a Kairos moment. In Ecclesiastes 3, that's why I'm so glad Sue mentioned that today. It's 1 through 8. It says, for everything, there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And we all know a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Every time is under God's Kairos moment. There's times that we have to understand that we need to know what timing we're in and what season we're in because that will tell us when we know that we're under the hand of God and we know the moment that we're living in and we understand that God, I don't have to understand it all because I'm not God. Some of us have to just get that oppression off of us. You don't have to understand everything. All you have to know is God, I trust you. And what in this moment do I, as a believer, need to do? What do I need to do? The Bible says in Daniel 2.21, and he changes the times and the seasons. Who? God. He changes them. He removes kings, raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So God is clearly saying, listen, I'm in charge of the season. I'm in charge of what's going on. I'm the one that's up there just saying, listen, it's a time to remove this. It's a time to put this in. And we have to recognize it. And when we recognize it, then we will greaterly understand, greaterly, I don't think that's a word, but will more greatly understand that we have have a timing in God as well. And we fit 
fit into the puzzle. See, what the enemy would love to do is somehow discourage us that we somehow don't have a time or we, we don't have a place in God's plan. And if you are living and you are breathing this morning, you have a purpose and you have a place in God's plan. You're living under a Kairos moment. You can keep going with the chronological moment or you can stop and say, God, what is the moment that you have for me? What is the plan that you have for me? How do I fit into your plan? Because God has a plan for you to fit into his plan to advance the kingdom. That's why you're here. That's why you're here on this earth. Thank God. We all have a due date, whether you like it or not. You have something that God has birthed in you that he's saying you've got to pray so you can birth that purpose and that passion that I put in your life. You know, when, when you see a pregnant lady, one of the first questions you ask is what? Thank you. When are you due? When are you due? Because you got a date. Now, you don't know when you're pregnant exactly what date that is, do you? On March 5th, unless you're going into the hospital to be induced, but you still really don't know. You don't know the hour. You don't know the time. But you know that around that time, something is going to happen. And you better not plan to go to Hawaii on vacation because you need to be near your hospital. <laughs> Am I right? You take preparation. You get the room ready. You get the crib there. You get everything ready and you prepare yourself because you know that moment is coming and there's nothing you can do. I've been in labor where I actually looked at my husband foolishly. It was with our first baby. And I said, honestly, with all of my heart, I said, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Poor guy. He was just like, uh, <laughs> what exactly do you say in that moment? It's like, you got this, you got this. Because you have to, when your moment is there, it is time. The transition has happened. It's time to birth something. And I'm telling you, the church and us as believers, it is time for us to birth things in the spirit. We don't know exactly, but we know that we've got to birth something through prayer so that when that moment's come, it's that Kairos moment that God's going to birth something fresh in your heart. You've got to carry his vision. I think, I think a lot of times we carry our own vision and we don't realize it. I know I've been guilty of that. And it's only through prayer and it's only through, well, for me, it's praying in the spirit. It's praying in the Holy Ghost until something shifts. And I just know, I might not know way down the road, but I know my next step. And that's what I've got a birth in the spirit. I don't know 20 years down the road. I don't know one year down the road. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But this day, I'm going to pray and say, God, what do you have for me this day? Who do you have for me to reach? Who do I need to pick up the phone and call? Who do I need to text? Who do I need to talk to? I don't know, God, but I know you do. I'm waiting for that Kairos moment because God has it for you. And he's got it for this world. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to worry. The Bible even said, even Jesus said, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worries for itself. You think about today. How are you going to get through today? Today. So in that moment in Isaiah, um, there's a story, and Hezekiah was faced with a moment. It was that moment in time. And Hezekiah was 
an incredible, incredible king. But the interesting thing about Hezekiah, his father was really, really bad. Like stinky, like nobody would want him for a father. His name was Ahaz. And everything you can think that a king would do, he did. That bad, he did. And he, you know, sacrificed to foreign gods. He did wicked things. He did evil things. He even sacrificed children. It was horrible. He's an evil man. And Hezekiah came up. And, you know, in the natural, when you see that he was his son, you would automatically think, because this did happen as well in the Bible, that he was going to follow his father's footsteps. Has anybody ever said, well, you're just like your father? You're just like your mother. And it could be something negative. But let me tell you something. This king got up and he made a decision that I don't care what my father did. I don't care what others did before me. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. So much so, and this is the incredible part of the story, that the Bible says in 2 Kings 18, or is it 1 Kings 18? Hold on, hold on, hold on. First king, nope, second kings, because my eyes, wait a minute. Okay, second kings. <laughs> I'm getting a little older. <laughs> second kings 18. And it says, nobody was like him before or since. This little guy, he was 25 years old when he took the throne. So to me, he's a really little guy. And he did not do what his father did. I want you to know this morning in this, what we're speaking about birthing and Kairos moment, that you need to, if, if you have something, an issue, and, you're, and the enemy has been speaking to your life saying, you come from this family or you come from this background, therefore you can't do such and such, I want you to cut those words off in the name of Jesus because they're not true. And what I'm opting when I believe that is I'm opting to believe a lie of the enemy. And if I believe the lie of the enemy, it stops the birthing process. It stops it. And so anything, anything vision that's in your heart, it stops you cold. And what I need to do as a believer is forgive because forgiveness is the key to breaking things off, okay? Just so you know, if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, there's nothing that you can do about breaking things off. It won't work. It, this God moves through forgiveness. So you forgive, and then you forgive and release, and then you cut off those spirits. And then you can be like Hezekiah, where it says here, he trusted in the Lord of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. This is the word of God. God said there was nobody like Hezekiah. You know, I can show you in the word that Hezekiah was not a perfect guy, that Hezekiah made some mistakes, but yet his heart was after God, and the word of God said there was no, nobody like him. For he held fast to the Lord, and he did not depart from following God, but kept his commandments, which the Lord God had given Moses. The Lord was with him, and he prospered wherever he went. Woo! The Lord God was with him, and he prospered wherever he went. How would you like that wherever you go, you know the Lord is with you, and there's, you can prosper whatever you do? That's what Hezekiah was. 
That's what he was known for. Hezekiah was known for that. And I want to just go on in 1 Peter 5. I mentioned um, 5 and 6. and verse 7, it says, Casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. And that was such a vital thing for Hezekiah to do. If I don't cast my cares on the Lord, that will stop the birthing process. Because I hold on to things that are not mine to hold on to. The Bible says, cast all your cares. Just say all. All my cares on the Lord. I've got to cast them all. And so what happened in this story was King Sennacherib came up and he began to throw threats at Hezekiah. He was the king of Judah. And Hezekiah was 25 and, and these other kings were doing stuff. And finally he was 38 years old. And you can read it in 2 Kings 18 and 19. It's such a great story. And it's also Isaiah 37. So it tells it again. And Sennacherib came up and he, he uh, sent his messenger and he said, don't trust in your God. Don't trust in, don't trust in Hezekiah. He was telling all the people, he was trashing Hezekiah in front of everybody. If you've ever had your name trashed, it's not a pleasant thing, is it? And Hezekiah sent out messengers to try to stop them from even speaking in that language, like speak in the other language. And like, no, 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 we want the people to hear because that's what the devil does. He throws insults and fear and he throws stuff in your head and that stops the birthing process and it stops the grace of God because it stops you from walking in the empowering presence of God. And so Hezekiah immediately was like, this is a day of trouble, he said. This is a day of trouble and anguish and blasphemy. And he was so shaken, but he knew what to do. And what he did was he said, I got to get a message to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was a great, great prophet in that time. And he knew, I've got to get a message to Isaiah. So I'm going to send a message. And this is what he sent. And it's, it's unbelievable because I've told this story before and it, it just hit me in such a different way this morning when I read it. And he said, send this message to Isaiah. And this was his message. This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. And other translations, it's, um, the, the word is distress and disgrace. And it's a day of insults. It's a day of crisis. And he said, for the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. You know what the devil loves is maybe he can't take your salvation, but he will stop you from carrying out the plans that God has for your life. The strength, he said, uh, the, the, it's time. The Kairos moment is, time, is here, but I can't birth anything because I have no strength. And so, and I've preached on this before, how no strength, you know, stops the birthing process. But this is what came out this time. You know, you, know, you read a scripture and you read a story and all of a sudden something different jumps out at you. And this is what he says to Isaiah. It may be that the Lord, your God, Wait a minute, what? This is Hezekiah talking to Isaiah. It may be that the Lord, your God, Isaiah, will hear the words of the Rabshakeh, which is, was the messenger, 
whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God and will rebuke the words which the Lord, your God, has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. That just hit me. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hezekiah came to power. He was 25 years old. He immediately cut down idols. He did all the right stuff. He was a great guy. He said, we're not having these idols. We're, we're going to worship God. We're not following after my father. This is a new day. I'm cutting off these generational curses. I'm moving on with God. And yet at that moment of crisis, it revealed exactly where he was. And where he was, was Isaiah, that's your God. The relationship with God was not there because he never would have said it. He was a good man. And yet the day of challenge and the day of crisis revealed where he was. How many of us can say, myself included, that these past couple years has revealed some stuff in your heart that you didn't like? I got both hands up. I was like, oh, my word, God. I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that I lacked that. I didn't realize that. And Hezekiah, what a great guy. But he kept on saying, this is your God, Isaiah. This is your God. And Isaiah sent him back a word. And this is what I love about God. He knows, you know, there's a scripture that says he remembers that we're dust. He remembers that we're just human, that we go through things and that we, we walk through things. And sometimes it's not pretty. And sometimes we say things we shouldn't. And sometimes our faith is weak. And sometimes we, you know, have anger that needs to be addressed. And sometimes we have secret things in our heart that we don't realize. He remembers that. But what God wants to do is take us from here to here. He says, I'm not going to leave you where you're at. I love Love you that much that I see all that but I love you through it and I'm going to give you a fresh word that will give you courage so that you can stand up and say I am going to fulfill the purposes that God has for my life and that's what's got to happen and this is what I love about the, the Lord he did not rebuke Hezekiah he didn't address the your at all he didn't you could say now why why didn't God do that this is what God said. Thus you shall say to Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid of the words which you have heard. So he knew that in that message there was fear. God says, don't be afraid with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall, fall by the sword in his own land. So a prophetic word was released. In the midst of Hezekiah, just trying his best, just saying, listen, pray to God, for, to your God for us. Get, get us a word. Pray for the remnant. We're trying to do what's right. We're trying to stand. And God said, don't be afraid. So many times when he spoke to Joshua, when he spoke to Mary, when he spoke to John, when he spoke to so many things, the first words were words of comfort. Why do you think that is? Let me tell you, God loves you so much, he's got a word of comfort for you today. He's not rebuking you. He's saying, listen, 
I love you. Don't be afraid. But you need to fulfill what I've got for your life. Don't let the enemy's lies stop you any longer. This is a new day, and it's time for a fresh birthing in your spirit. It's time for the grace of God to come upon you because there's grace to birth what I've given you, says the Lord. There's grace to birth what I've placed in your heart. There's grace to hear a fresh word from me. There's grace this morning, the empowering presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for that grace, God. Thank you for that grace, God. Thank you for that grace. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of distress, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of everything we walk through, there is grace. There's grace. There's grace. You know, we speak it out to those that are troubled even across this world. We, we, we speak that word of grace to them because no matter what people are going through, there is grace when you understand the Kairos moment of God. You're just, we're just living under the grace of God. He's got a fresh word. And now Sennacherib was not put off by anything. He just, again, began to make insults and make insults. You know, the enemy is such a liar that there's a reason why we have the armor of God. We don't have the armor of God to just sit around and look how shiny it is. This is great armor. Isn't this pretty? Isn't this good? We have the armor for the battle, and we know that the ultimate battle has been won, but there is a battle in the heavenlies because the Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 10. It says there's a war. The weapons that we fight with are not carnal. They're not in the natural, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. There's a purpose to that armor. And if, I, if my shield of faith is just so pretty and I make sure it looks so nice, but I'm standing without it, I'm going to go down. I've got to take up that shield of faith. What does that mean? That means every day I'm putting words of faith in here so that I don't lose my focus. The enemy wants to do is get our focus off. We're over here worrying about this. We're over here. We're not putting the words in our heart. What does that mean? It means our shield of faith is down because what it takes is me to put faith in my heart every day. That's my job. God's got everything else. He's got the battle. The battle's won, but I must. I have a responsibility to put faith in my heart. And, and, and again, Sennacherib, Sennacherib sent another message. Don't let your God, who you trust, deceive you. Look, you've heard the kings of Assyria. I mean, he just went on and on and on and threw insult after insult and said, I'm coming after you and you're not going to survive. And then, then, he, then he taunts and say, look what I did to the king of Hamath. And look what I did to the king of Arpad and the city of, I don't know what that is, but whatever city that was. Um, he says, look what I did. And he's taunting him, saying, I, I destroyed that person's life. I destroyed that person's life. I did this over here. I did destruction over here. And Hezekiah was like, wait a minute. He received the letter from the hand of the messengers. And this is in 2 Kings 19. And he says, Hezekiah read it. And he went up to the house of the Lord and just said, your God. And it said he spread it before the Lord. You hear all this, Lord? I don't. I've, I got nothing. He didn't send another message to Isaiah. The 
challenge was so great, was so beyond him, was so overwhelming to him. He said, I'm done with getting somebody else, even though that's wonderful. And you'll see that Isaiah released another word. But this time, I'm going to the source. I'm going to my source. I'm going before the Lord. I'm spreading it before the Lord and say, look, God. And he said some key words. He said, Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, oh, Lord God, of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim. See, he worshiped. That's what he's doing right now. You are the one who dwells between the cherubim. You are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. It's so important when we come before the Lord, just like we do every Sunday, like I'm worshiping you, God. I'm worshiping you. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and, and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are God. You alone. See, something shifted. The fire got so hot and he didn't know what to do. He said, I'm going to the source. I'm going to lay it before the Lord. In the midst of the trial, there was a shift in his spirit. In the midst of the challenge, you have a Kairos moment to shift in the spirit. Don't miss your moment. This is a moment that we're at. I don't want to miss my moment. Say, God, whatever you're trying to do in me, do it because I'm trusting you. And it only comes, it only came when Hezekiah said, you know what, I, I'm sending a message to Isaiah, forget all this, uh, give me that message. I'm going to the temple of the Lord. I'm going for myself. I'm going to the Lord for myself. And something shifted. He went to the Lord and he prayed. And this was the message that came out, verse 20. Isaiah, it was through Isaiah. He didn't even tell Isaiah what he was doing. But Isaiah said, I've got another word for you. And he said, because you have prayed to me. That's what God's word was. Because you have prayed to me. Against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. And then, and I don't have time to read it all through. You can in your own time. He began to tell him, and he told him things. He said, I'm going to tell you the word that I have for Sennacherib. See, I got a word for him, and I'm telling him some things, and I'm letting you in on the details of heaven and the plan of heaven. Every time we pray, every time we go before the king, he has the, we have the ability to hear when we understand that God wants to speak to us. We have the ability to hear secrets of heaven, things that God says, you know what I'm, I'm trying to do? Here's what I'm doing. And Hezekiah got that word. And God says, here you go, here you go, here you go, Hezekiah. Hezekiah strengthened himself. Where was, where was the man that said there is no strength to birth the baby? The baby, it's, it's, there's a due time, it's time to birth, and there's no strength. And all of a sudden, because he had that moment with God, everything changed. Everything changes in our moment with God.
everything. The way we look at things, our perspective, we walk out of our prayer room, our war room. If you've never seen that movie, please watch it. Uh, War room, just a little plug. But we have an opportunity that when we are for and in the timing of God, that we can walk out with assurance. Your challenge is an opportunity for you to know God in a new way and receive a fresh vision and get that strength from God. That's the only place I can get it. And here we go, and I'm closing with this. Don't worry, it's 1244, okay? Not doing too bad. Something happened in verse 35, and it says, It came to pass on a certain night. Everybody just say certain night. A certain night. It was a Kairos moment. He didn't know when that night was going to come. He didn't know exactly when God was going to bring a deliverance. But all of a sudden, on a certain night, let me tell you, your deliverance, it's on a certain time because it's the Kairos moment of God. And he has a deliverance strategy for you. He's got plans for you. And when I walk into my prayer closet, that's when I can release the powers that, that God is released. And he can release that word strengthen my spirit. I walk out of there ready to birth something. I cannot birth anything in the spirit unless I understand that prayer time is the key. I can't pray it through for you. I can pray for you, but you have to pray through it. And I do too. I love it when people pray for me. I'll take it. But I have an understanding that I've got to get on my knees and pray that thing through in the Holy Ghost. Grace is the womb that carries that birthing, that empowering presence of God. And so, so many times, even in the church, we, we, we walk and we know that we're birthing and yet things are not being birthed. I'm talking about the church in general. It's because that grace of God, we've kind of messed up that grace. It's through sin, through unforgiveness, through discouragement, through depression, through fear, through anything the enemy can throw at us. It stops up the birthing. And instead, we get so just distracted, not realizing that as Hezekiah did, I got to take, some of us got to take our bills. You might need to write down whatever that thing is and then go before the Lord, write it down and say, God, this is yours. This belongs to you, God. I can't do anything about this. This Sennacherib, this, the enemy, is, it's too, too much. The things I'm dealing in my home, it's too much for me. This, this diagnosis, it's too much for me, God. I can't take it, God. It's yours. You're the Lord God of heaven. You are the God of Israel. You're the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And, Lord, you are the source of my life. You're my refuge. You're my strength, God. Lord, do something, God. But in the meantime, I'm trusting you, God. I'm just trusting you. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. Who did it? The angel of the Lord. And when people arose early in the morning, there were corpses all dead. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. You wake up and the enemy is defeated right before your eyes. You didn't do anything except have a good night's sleep. (laughs) Hey! In your prayer time, when you pray, 
He gives his beloved rest. He gives his beloved sleep. And he's doing things in the heavenlies that you don't even need to worry about because you spent your prayer time with the Lord. Tomorrow will take care of itself, Jesus said. I'm not going to worry because I prayed about it and all is well. There's a certain night, there's a birthing. There's a birthing. You have to go ahead and get a word for yourself. The second word for Hezekiah was better than the first. The first was good. It was a word from the Lord, but the second had so much detail about it. If you read it for yourself, you get so excited because God says, I'm doing this to your enemy. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing this in this day. I'm doing that. And don't you worry about it. And he went on and on. And Hezekiah could be rest assured that he could trust in someone who had his back the Lord God Almighty. No other word is what we need. We don't need, we don't need anything, but what we need is prayer. It's the vehicle that looses not only the word, but the birthing of the word, the birthing of the word. God wants to do that for you, for me. In this time, I believe that as a church, and I'm talking about globally, that God is calling saints, he's calling us to raise up, stand up and say, I'm going to pray this through. I'm going to pray this through. And I'm not going to lose hope because in that prayer time, I'm going to get everything that I need. And I'm going to walk out and I'm going to go to good night's sleep and God is going to take care of it for me. Let's stand. Woo! Hallelujah. See, God's got you. God's in control. He's in control of this world. He's in control of this earth. He's in control of your life. But you don't, don't miss your Kairos moment because you're too busy with your chronological moment. You're too busy in chronological time. And God is outside of that chronological time. He's in the Kairos time. I've got to get into the Kairos moment of the Lord and birth something. So, Father, we just pray right now, God. I thank you for this word, Lord. Father, no more, no more aborting the vision. We just declare that right now in the name of Jesus over your life right now. You're going to carry out what God has for your life. No more miscarrying. No more. We are people that will rise up and carry the vision and the kingdom of God. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. We walk around having the light of God in us, and no darkness can extinguish that. And we speak that over our lives right now in the name of Jesus. Right before we close, if you don't know Jesus and you say, well, I don't, I don't even have a relationship. I would have to say like Hezekiah, it's your God, not mine. You know, even as growing up in the church, I had to discover that it's not my parents' Jesus I need to serve. It's mine. I need to make that commitment to God. And if that's you today, I want to just pray for you. I'm praying that you're going to have such a powerful encounter that you are never going to be the same. You're going to walk out of here like Hezekiah not have to do anything but stand and see God do it for you. So if that's you this morning, you need Jesus, you want a relationship with the Lord, can you lift up your hand? And I want to pray for you. 
And if that's you this morning, come on up. I want to pray for you. We just want to give you a Bible. We want to, you know, pray for you. We want to declare that this is your moment. So I just want to take a couple of minutes. If it's you, come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. This is your moment. This is your moment. God has great things for your life. What the enemy has tried to do, he is not successful. He hasn't been successful, and he's not going to be because you're making a stand. You're drawing a line in the sand, and God says, I see you. And I've got an awesome plan for you, for you, not somebody else, for you. And you will fulfill your days. You will fulfill the days that the Lord has for you. So, Father, I thank you. I just want you to repeat after me if um, everybody could just say, Dear Jesus, I ask you into my heart today. You are my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross just for me. I believe in you, and I will serve you, and I will trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God birthed something new to show us that he's birthing something in you. So be blessed. Have a wonderful day. Go eat some good food and just declare to somebody when you're leaving, you're going to do all that God has for you. Blessings. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.